Welcome back. Hey, Angie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing all right. Today, it's beautiful. It's sunny. I'm feeling energized. I'm happy to be here with you. Are you starting to count down the days till spring break or... Are you starting? Are you starting to be desperate for spring break? No, Where are you I at? Know what I'm confused by spring break. I got so many different spring breaks up in my family that I don't even know if I can get. You know, my son has one. Yeah. I have one, and my daughter has one, and none of them are the same. So oh, while relax. I'm looking forward to things, uh, no, I don't have a countdown going yet. What about you? Well, I have a calendar in my classroom. It's a five week calendar. And um, spring break is the last week on there right yeah. now. So I've been going big picture with the kids. I mean, there's still four full weeks of school left, or maybe now it's three. I don't know. We It's going to be a little bit of business as usual up until spring break. That's for sure for us. Yeah, I do. I have that calendar too. You know, have you ever seen, and maybe your children participate in it, I'm sure too, but calendar, you know how like in the earlier grades they do calendar time? I had read yeah. somewhere how like that's totally like a ser serving of adult thing because like kids don't interpret time that way. Um, and even though it's very helpful in my classroom too, with, with high schoolers, there are times where I'm like, why am I, you know, cause I'll be, I'll do the same thing where I'm like, this week is a full five day week, except on Tuesday, only juniors will be, you know, I go over it like yep. every day and, um, I don't know. It's definitely a serving of adult thing. You're totally right because I have like, I've always had like maybe younger teachers around me who don't have one. And I'm always like, how do you know what tomorrow is? Like, how do you even know when the next day is? <laughs> like we have, and we have an alternating day schedule at our school. So A days mm -hmm. and B days. And so like one week, it's an A day week where you have A days on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, but the following week, B days will be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's alternating just enough that if you're not paying attention, I have no idea. Well, what and is. teenagers are last minute because it told, you know, yeah. I've been handing out these permission slips and stuff. I'm telling you too. And I'm like, oh, they yeah. need to be turned in by this day. And you know, you yes. give like a week, but they all come in like the last day. Anyway, there's our calendars, but what else are you doing yep. to maybe channel spring vibes? Um, or what are you looking forward to? Like, how do you spring into spring, maybe at home or at school? I got to be really honest. I am still a little bit in the depths of like, oof, mode still right now with like the heaviness of the spring. Yeah. I, I even... I had a small fat like trip that my husband and I went on in February. So February was like still kind of upbeat and then looking forward to energy for me. Okay. But right now in March, I'm like, oh, we got to proctor the ACT. Okay. What, a, what, a, where do I got to be? What do I, what PowerPoint do I have to read? And, oh, we, we just got like kind of a lot of parent teacher conferences. We just got done having, and you know, and you're kind of like doing the math. You're like, okay, I guess I'll be back at school in nine hours. Yeah. Uh, um, so some of that, I feel like I'm actually like a, still in a little bit of a drag mode. Yeah. Yeah. I need like one more week and then I'll start to get really jacked about spring break. Well, and, and it's good to just be aware. Myself, I would say I, I had talked about on our last episode that I'm pretty intentional about, you know, I have this whole like, let's get moving in March. Um, yeah. And it's intentional, though, because of that drag. So I do a little bit of that in just look forward to being outside more um, and catching mm -hmm. some good weather. I just think we do kind of talk about the season of renewal. 
and re- you know we talk about mm-hmm. the purpose of spring and i guess i start to feel that more of that like right we're coming out mm-hmm. of like the hibernation we're coming out of kind of like deep rest and it's time to be active again So today I want to talk about school safety, kind of like maybe, maybe a little bit of a heavier topic for us being so hopeful for spring, but I still think it's a really necessary topic to talk about, not only for our listeners to maybe sit there and nod their heads and say like, yep, exactly. Or yes, I'm so glad to know that I'm not alone in these feelings, but also I do know we have some non-educator listeners out there. And sometimes I just feel like not everybody knows how heavy school safety can be on a teacher's heart. Yeah. As I was preparing and and thinking about this, you know, it's natural for me to want to think more about protective factors and like what we can do to always, you know, I'll talk about like to buffer stress, you know, to create safety condition, you know, safe conditions. Um, But when the, when you just hear the term school safety, like you said, the connotation is heavy and yeah. worrisome. And yeah. um, so I tend to think about the the debate almost, I guess, of like, is school safety external or internal? And so I know when I hear it or when it's talked about publicly, I do feel like the focus is on the external. And those external factors are very present, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. We did a, we did do our, we did a lockdown practice just a couple weeks ago. My least favorite thing about doing a lockdown practice is I just almost feel, I feel like sad for the kids that we have to run through it. Yeah. And Sometimes they start asking questions about like, what if I was in a different, what if I'm in the bathroom? Right. What if I am in the, what if I'm in the cafeteria? And I, I tell them if you're in the bathroom, pick up the trash can, stand in the stall next to the door, like next to the wall. And if you have to, you're going to swing the trash can as hard as you can, as many times as you can. And that is like very intense to tell like a 16 year old, but I, like, I want to give them the strategy. Like I want them to be ready. Yeah, no, I know. And, and we work with high school, we do work with high school kids. So, um, yeah, you know, we are kind of maybe able to have more of a conversation because it is, it is always interesting to hear where everybody's mind goes. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, you know, again, I, I'm kind of like, Yes, there's training. Yes, we can plan. But when it comes down to it, I don't know who's going to just try to leave or, you know, like I I just think about and because the kids will talk that way where they're like and I happen to be in a location where I could have a lot of access, you know, like I have several exits I have I'm whatever. But right. I've thought about all of this sad. Oh, um. So yeah, like yeah, your position in the building. Yes, like I think people you think about that all yes. the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like my friends are like what I call like in in, you know, and I'm out mm-hmm. out. 
And yep. um, I actually just saw an article the other day about a parent writing in saying that they their their child it was an eight year old child and they thought it was real like they just mm. did think it was real even though it was like talked about as a practice and you know and mm. that just gave me pause again of like you don't know how people are interpreting things you don't know and like the one we just practiced like it wasn't one we told the kids about you know what I mean like there was mm-hmm. no warning it was just like and then I can tell they really look to me to be like does she know about that like they can tell if like yeah if I kind of know about you know like how I'm acting I'm not bashing your school when I ask this question. Why didn't we, why are we keeping it a secret that we're going to have a secret lockdown drill? Like why, why aren't they informed of all of them? And I'm sure there's a good rationale Mm -hmm. that they're saying, but like, because that that does heighten the kids. They do look at you and they're like, does she know what was happening? Mm -hmm. Is she, how is she responding? Mm -hmm. So like, I do know actually one of the reasons, I mean, one, I think you have to do them so many times, but I know in my school in particular, we were practicing this time the the release from the lockdown because last time, you know, they just they came on the announcements and said, like, it's over. But the the true release is that someone will key into your room and say it's safe. You know what I mean? Because then it's like someone could just come on the announcements and be like, hey, kids, all's good. Yes. You know, so we were paying attention to and practicing the release this time. Well, and I've talked about this one time before. Um, So my school in January 2022, there was believed to be a student with a gun in our building. Mm. Um, We went into a full lockdown. This is real we got a text message communication over our phones that says there's a student in the building with a gun. Oh my gosh. And I just so happened to be home with COVID weird Mm -hmm. experience in itself. Um, And that was, I mean, all, all the training kicked in for, so right away I started, I get on the text message chain with a few different teachers. I'm like, what's going on at school? What's happening? call one teacher directly and he's like I've got the lights off all the kids are in the corner I've got a baseball bat and I'm standing at the door mm-hmm. and it was just like okay mm-hmm. this was very 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 real um and like I downloaded a police track um scanner app on my phone and was listening to the police scanner um, my one colleague who was escorting, escorting a kid with a disability to another space came across the SWAT team mm-hmm. that already had their guns drawn entering our building. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, I called the first year teacher who taught next door to me. And she's like, every kid has a hammer or a textbook and is just waiting. And it, it was very real. Because we thought it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it turned out that the student did not have a gun. The student was apprehended by the police outside the school building. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was very real. And I will say, all of my colleagues whom I talked to, their trainings kicked in. And they they did great. And every person I talked to 
did awesome. All the kids did awesome. But it was still really, really, really traumatic. Yeah, they they do. Um, they they take it seriously. Yeah. And right. So it's it's a big external thing where you you go through the actual drills. I know over the past years we've had a lot of like fobbing into, you know, like more like locked doors, some bulletproof yeah. glass in places. Yeah. Um yeah. something actually that just happened to me and my students recently was I've shared that we go out on a daily walk. So we're out and we're usually on school property or very, you know, we're usually on school property. And mm-hmm. so we were out for our walk and one of the one, a principal from one of the buildings happened to drive up and say, you guys need to get into the bill building immediately there's like a community threat and everybody's got to get inside. Mm-hmm. And I was yep. in so right, you know, and, and when we're walking, like my kids are within sight, but they were far ahead of me. And yeah. I was next yeah. to the middle school, which I don't have access to and to this door. So I was like, but so, you know, I was like, well, if that's the case, can you let us in this door right here? You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah. But so then I'm like shouting you're yelling to at my the kids, kids right, you. right, where I'm yeah. like, everybody, you know, and right. And so then I'm just like, you guys, I don't know what's going on, but there's this threat. So we've got to get inside. So we're going to go in here. Yeah. And right. They just kind of like are somber, you know, as we walk, as we had to like walk through this other entire campus to then get to our room. And then, you know, when I got to my room, I had more information about like, okay, whatever. We're just securing the building. Like everything can go on as normal inside, but nobody can come or go. Well, part of my training is I actually do have a responsibility to like put some signage on a door, the outer door when something, when this lockdown happens. And so whatever, I hadn't done it because I was outside. You know what I mean? Like I was outside, we came in. So then whatever, you know, they came by my room and was like, did you hang those signs? I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't think, you know, like I was so into like, so my classroom is outside. Yes. I know exactly. (sighs) Well, no, that wasn't it. Mine was like, I have a responsive, I have a responsibility to like, when the school is secure, put the sign on the outer door that like the outer, outer door that says the building's secure. Nobody can come in or out. Oh, and, okay. Oh, yeah. You were like, I wasn't even around. That and in it, you know, I was so into trying to just make my kids feel calm. I just, it it did not cross yeah. my mind. It was like this weird scene from being on the street to then being in the building to then just trying to get back to our, you know, space and our routine. Um, so again, that's where I think about like how stress can have an impact, you know, and yeah. Anyway, so that was something very recent and a little bit of a different kind. And actually, I think a little more like caused the kids to think because, you know, we love our walks Um, and this was a a different experience or makes you think like, okay, you know, and I do always like there are safety things that I do for being on the walk, you know, in terms of having walkie talkie, having a cell phone, you know, like I'm aware. Yeah. but yeah, just my point in bringing it up too is just how it's pretty common, you know, or like something comes up pretty 
frequently. Yeah. Our school's a little bigger than it was three years ago. We've gone through a pretty big renovation, but it was pretty regular for us to be on a hold once every two weeks for something unknown, right? anything it seemed like. And so, you know, honestly, in some ways back then we'd be on a hold and it would almost feel like it's okay. You know, business as usual, holds are for lots of things. But now that our business, our building is pretty big, they can just close off sections of the building Mm. and other sections of the building may never even know that, that a hold was happening in one part. So we just recently had the exact same thing. We had a hold because there was something going on in the community. So now, you know, building wide announcement and I could tell some kids felt very like amped. And even though my school did it, a great job. They're like, everybody is safe in the building. We have no reason to think we are not safe. And yeah. we will be staying in our classrooms for now. We will not be exiting the building. And my neighboring teacher started to lower their blinds mm-hmm. for fun. And it really amped my kids. I'm like, do we need to lower our blinds too? I, I was like, no, guys. Yeah. So the, the okay. emotional impact is huge. You know what I mean? Even when we yeah. can say like, it's, it's okay. It's whatever. It's still like this up and down, um, of emotions is, is pretty big. And so when I think about school safety, I think more about the internals and like, how can we create, you know, psychological safety is something that I'll talk about, you know? And so the, tell me more. Well, again, the emphasis is really on that, like hard safety, you know, the things you can see, the things on the outside, Yeah. psychological safety, first of all, like how do we build strong and resilient students so that there's not as many maybe medical issues, conflict issues that would result threats that might result in a lockdown in the first place. So to me, it's that Mm -hmm. whole looking at how we do things, you know, definitely in schools, I feel like we got to slow down, have less, get healthy. And that's, and I mean, just again, in the psychological and kind of like environmental factors of like, there's like, it's a pretty high stress environment. I know people don't like to hear this or admit it, but lots of people, lots of schedule, lots of noises. So I always think about how we could create more psychological safety by tweaking some of the things that we do environmentally and, and how we communicate, you know? And that seems like it's always such an afterthought, like what, like schools wide systematically, we always circle back on what you're talking about, but it's always after Oh yeah. A tragedy is well, happened. right. We're like, designed for reaction. And you know, my goal and desire is always to get to a way more proactive culture space and system design. We're good at reacting. And so like, right, how do we build in these protective factors on the outset? So when we do know that now these are the realities, because right, a couple of our lockdowns have been like the like hoaxes or like sent from Nigeria or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like this stuff is occurring more frequently, so you don't want to disregard it, but how do we build more resilient students and spaces so that it's not as, like I said, psychologically damaging. And, 
we're, we're always going to get support or the research is always going to support that. How do you make, you know, number one, how do you make a really safe school as you have high touch relational interactions yeah. with, with everybody yeah. in the building, the students and the a staff culture of belonging. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that that resonates. So I'd like to see more of a balance because that is it. I think yeah. the emphasis has been heavy on getting the fortress locked down, the procedures important, but I'd really like to see us balance with the other side of like, okay, so if our stress response is getting activated on the regular, how do we bring that down? How do we build in those protective factors? Which again, are things like strong relationships, smaller groups, um, feeling like you belong, knowing what to do, the ability to join, enjoy yourself at school and, you know, see school as a place that, like you said, is a place that makes you happy. Yeah. I struggle with school safety too, because I just, I find myself wanting to apologize to the students sometimes. I'm sorry. This is our reality. Mm. I'm sorry. got to spend time doing mm -hmm. this. Um, one time I participated in a lockdown drill where literally a, a different staff member broke into the classroom and threw Nerf balls at us. Just the staff. But that was, oh, that was how intense training. of a drill is that? Oh, yeah. That was the training was like, can you keep the person from get entering the room? Mm. How are you going to hide? Where are you going to hide? And then that person tried to break into the room and then they would throw Nerf balls at us. And if you got hit by a Nerf ball, it was like kind of like, sorry, you've been shot. Yeah. It was a very intense, like it was, it was a little traumatic for some people. Yeah, no. And, and that, that those types of trainings are, there's discussion around like, is that good or not? Um, yeah. I personally have not had to participate in one like that, but my sister is yeah. a paraprofessional and she just did in her school district. Mm -hmm. And so again, you're going to see the natural fight flight flee. How are you going to react? And I guess yeah. that's something that I think about is uh, like in the trainings that I've had, that has not been addressed. Like the directive is like, you're going to have to overcome your fear and do these things. And mm -hmm. then I'll be like, but that's not how fear works. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. For me, one thing that has evolved since having my own children, it has been, you know, you play out the when, when an active shooter is in my building, how am I going to respond? There was definitely a time in my life where I imagined I would fight more and now I am definitely fight less to make sure I don't die mm -hmm. because I have kids at home I need to come home to. Mm -hmm. And I think about that a lot. I think before I had kids, I was very much more like, I will protect this entire school to the death if I needed to. Mm -hmm. And since having my own children, uh, my perspective on that has changed very much to be like, how many more desks do we need to put in front of the door to make sure that no one comes in and we can live in this classroom for as long as we need to for safety? Yeah. I mean, it is a unique responsibility slash burden. Yeah. And I can yeah. only say that I you know, I care about my students very deeply, you know, and I feel like when I have to meet the moment, I do think I would 
be able to respond in a protective manner. But I don't know. I'm not like, I know, you know, I'm five feet tall. I'm very, I'm usually the smallest person in the room to tell you the truth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, and you know, that's an interesting point too, Joanna, with you and I teaching high schoolers is I have talked about like the big guys in this room, you're going to help me hold the door (laughs) shut. Sorry. 17 year old who just happens to be six, two and 250 pounds. I have right you... delegated you as a safety keeper all of a sudden, you know, like that's not fair, yeah. but here I am talking about it. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I never, I mean, obviously where I was when I applied, you know, to become a teacher 2008, when I graduated college, I don't think I ever thought that I would be that I would be using words like if and when so interchangeably or every single teacher has stood around and been like, well, you know what I really like about this classroom is so we can hide in this corner Mm -hmm. of the room. You know, like when you start to talk about your room, like it's cool because you could like stay alive in there. If there was an active shooter, it's really a weird Mm -hmm. state of, it was one of my, it was, I can't remember if it was exactly my first year or near my first year when the Columbine shooting happened. So I do remember this has kind of followed my whole career because I do remember that, you know, schools, my schools weren't air conditioned and you used to just like prop open any outer door to get air in. Yeah. And I remember yeah. this was a big thing is that you could no longer have doors propped open. You could no longer have yeah. windows propped open. And because of that, and I remember I was a young teacher. So I said it was either my first year or my second year. It was very early. Though I was not prepared to like defend everybody, there was this thing in my mind because that happened early in my career. And then you would, you would kind of hear about it. And so I wasn't totally like unaware, but I do think to the point we are now where we get trained, where we practice. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been able to anticipate that. Well, I just want to say thank you, Joanna, for taking this moment to have such a heavy conversation, you know, whenever we walk away from these conversations, I think with our colleagues, I'm thankful that I'm not alone. I really do feel like I'm not alone. And I'm thankful for that. All right, let's go ahead on to our pass the mic section. We are going to be hearing from Natasha from Wales today. And she says, I have a student who is beginning to be disruptive in the classroom. Do I reprimand the student one-on-one or in front of the whole class? I'm nervous how a public reprimand might affect the student or the whole class. Okay. Well, this is a juicy one. There's so many layers to this one. I think if I was going to start on the outermost layer, I would say definitely a one-on-one interaction should be done here, not a public interaction. Agree. Well, my first thought was, what is the disruption? Yeah, there's so many layers to this (laughs) one. Like, right? I first want to just say, like, friend, do not reprimand this student in front of the rest of the class. That's like step one. And then 
Give us give us some more layers, Joanna. Well, I just hear because she's using the word reprimand. So that says something yes. too, rather than like address or, yes. you know, talk with. So, right. And I think that's why you're saying one-on-one. If it's a reprimand, start individual. Yes. Um, public humiliation yeah. never turns out good in the classroom. Um, but then it did also make me think just again about the relationship in the community. And like I said, like, what is the disruption? But in my heart of hearts, I think what I would really talk to Natasha about is what does feel the most natural to you? Because I remember those feelings, like I said, when you're kind of up against like what you think you have to do, but it might not be true. You know, because it's like vision of teacher and vision of how you handle a problem. And I just can remember myself being a a more novice teacher. And for some reason, I would feel more powerful or in charge, like standing behind my desk. And like now, right, I would never do that. Or I don't even care about my desk. I sit at a Mm -hmm. table in the middle of the room half the time. You know, but that was my vision, right? Or that's yeah. literally was the schema in my head of like in charge. And so I would encourage younger teachers to to really think about what feels the most natural to you in your personal life. How do you address things with people? That's healthy. Yeah. You know, like, are you someone who likes to talk? Sometimes is it the post-it note? Because I went through a post-it note phase where Ooh. I would just write something to the kid and slip it on their desk. <laughs> You know what I mean? Rather than, you know, just be like, I need your cooperation right now. Or because sometimes that was natural to me too, to address a problem with literally a friend or a family member through writing. So I just think that like what feels most natural to you. And earlier I had talked about the stress responses and like fight, flight, and uh, freeze. And I think about this in terms of addressing issues because even uh, a couple of weeks ago, my teaching partner and I, you know, we have this call in procedure where our students are supposed to call us like they would if, on a job to report that they're not uh-huh. going to be there. And oh, yeah. it's intentional to build the relationship and talk through a range of solutions. And so when students don't do that, I typically address it like right when they walk in. You know, where I'll be like, well, hi, Angie, nice to see you today. How come I didn't hear from you yesterday? And that's usually, you know, personal. But a couple of weeks ago, one of my students got, you know, she just kind of like scurried away from me. You know, she wouldn't address it. And my teaching partner was like, did you guys just see that? That was both your stress responses. Like you're stressed about this person not communicating. And so you have more of a fight response. So you like confronted her right away. She's uncomfortable about it. She has like a flea response. So she just like trucked on off. Um, And so I think you got to do what works for you because I'm not going to shut down my my fight response. But fight doesn't mean like fight, fight, fight. It just means like I'll. Yeah, yeah. It's like your response. Right. It's like I'll go in. I'll go to address it. Um, And so that's what I think about with Natasha here. My personal advice is figure out what really does feel the best for you and do that rather than maybe what you think or what somebody who's not like you 
might recommend. Like you can get the recommendations, but ultimately you got to figure out what works for you. What do you think, Angie? Well, that, that is a hundred percent true with all of teaching, right? Mm -hmm. Is I think that many times we kind of have this like vision of what a good teacher looks like from the media or from maybe the seasoned teacher in the school that, you know, is well-respected. So we're like, I got to be exactly like that guy. Um, But being the most authentic version of yourself really is the key to like longevity in this profession and, and the best of the happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, With Natasha's question, I go to the place I know many would go of just like, okay, what does the room look like right now? What it, what are you guys doing in class? Maybe trying to think about what is the source of the kids behavior problem, Mm -hmm. you know, because is it the kid is bored? Is it that this is beyond the kid's current understanding? So they're being defensive and the best defensive mechanism for them. So they don't look dumb is to look like, I'm going to mess on the teacher, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and just trying to like maybe fact find what is, what is going on? Because most of the time kids are responding to their environment And are they seated next to their buddies? Are they still on their cell phone? And so they're messing around with technology. Like just trying to go on a fact-finding mission. Have you been like teaching lecture style notes for 47 minutes and they just like literally can't sit for 30 more seconds, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to find out like, well, what's going on in the room? Because maybe we can address that child's needs without the need for a reprimand. Yeah. And well, or it makes me think about too, that maybe an, an individual issue is best solved individually and a group issue is best solved as a group. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And then just trying to maybe even partner with the kid and say like, Hey, you're getting really disruptive. I'm trying to understand what you need. Can you help me understand what's going on in class? Mm-hmm. Because if this continues, these are going to have to be the consequences um, that we face. And I guess I'm also curious about what grade of kid Natasha teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know with a high schooler, I can sometimes be a little more like cut to the chase mm-hmm. about like, hey, this is not okay. This is not how our classroom environment looks. And you're making this not a place for learning. And so what I'm going to need for you is, is for you to kind of change gears. Otherwise we're going to get family members involved. Otherwise we can get other parts of school services involved, but this is a place for learning and I'm not going to let you ruin it for everybody else. Um, I can only imagine the world's best elementary school teachers and their amazingness of like, okay, friend, let's see, you know, I love elementary school teachers so much. I just got done visiting all of my daughter's classes Mm. for the read across America. And boy, it's a whole other ball game with those little kids. Oh yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. So Natasha, I would say also, you know, the time of year, it might be time to get that whole class moving. Maybe everybody's pent up. Um, but like you said, individual problem, individual interaction, group-wide project, group interaction. I The last thing I want to do is ever be the person to hurt somebody's dignity mm-hmm. 
in the room? Well, something that also works for me that I think about is power with. Um, I don't think power over is very effective at the high school level, Mm -hmm. you know, and so the whole like, let's, let's connect on this together. You know, tell me what, how you see things. Here's how I see things. How are we going to make this work for both of us? Um, Because students usually are, you know, pretty good at identifying when you can, when you can talk about it. And a lot of times they really do benefit from being able to process, like I said, a range of solutions or hearing another perspective of like, you might not think this is a big deal. However, this is how it impacts the class. This is how it impacts what we're going to be able to do. And kind of sharing in that other than the whole, like, you need to comply because I'm saying this. Um, Because I said. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, great question, Natasha. Thanks for writing in. We hope we were able to help. Yeah, we're cheering you on. I mean, this is a tough time of year for behaviors too. Mm. The The honeymoon is so long ago. I mean, now we're just trying to kind of convince kids to keep it together. We got to rely on our classroom culture we kind of created before. It's a tough time of year. I'll tell Natasha, bring him to an Admirals game and let him go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to say thank you to our audience for tuning in. It's been a great conversation with you, Joanna. I want to invite our pre-service and early career teachers that we would love to hear questions from you. We'd love to hear your stories. Veteran teachers, please tell us the good stories that you've got. We want to hear some more tidbits and ideas, stories from your experiences in education, or questions for us um, and our audience are always welcome. Record a voice memo or type it up and send it to education at pbswisconsin.org. And make sure you put AKA teacher in the subject line. Also, please visit the AKA teacher podcast website to find helpful resources and all of our podcast episodes. See you later.